You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's Monday, and I'm here with Louis Argoni. Hello, Dolph fans. Louis, that was a weird game yesterday, in my opinion. I mean, we came out in the first half, and uh, we looked pretty good. Uh, you know, we, we went into halftime 3-3, and uh, in the second half, things fell apart, as they usually do in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, more so the fourth quarter. You know, it, it fell apart for us. I mean, through three quarters, the score was 10-3. to three. Um, Defense against this offense, you know, the Buffalo Bill offense. I mean, you give up 10 points over the course of three quarters against this offense, you're doing a pretty damn good job. Um, the ineptitude of the offense, you throw in that fact as well. Um, to where we're doing a lot of three and out type of things. And uh, you got to give them even more credit because, you know, Buffalo was getting possessions over and over again. Um, you know, the third quarter, again, seems to be a problem for us game in and game out to where we just cannot put anything together in these third quarters. Now, I mean, I'd love to go back, and I'm going to prior to the game on uh, prior to our podcast on um, Wednesday, and I'm just going to look to see how bad we are in regard to the third quarter because I don't think we've scored many points at all, if any, for weeks. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's it's. I mean, it's you know, it's it's constant problem. Um, you know, we talk about coaching and the situation in regard to that, and. You know, I mean, that's a telling tale right there, Mike. You know, you go in at halftime and you make the, the, the necessary adjustments. I mean, if you didn't come into this game knowing what Buffalo was going to attempt to do against our offense with their defense, uh, you know, then I don't know what you're doing. I mean, because you knew how they were going to attack us, right? I think at halftime they were probably happy with uh, what had gone on on the defensive side. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm referring to the offense, Mike, right now in general. Yep. yep. You know, and I'm, t- and I'm, I want to stay on that because, um, you know, that's that's what I'm referring to at this point. I'm, I'm talking about the ineptitude in the third quarter of the offense and the inability to score points. So, you know, that that's where I'm, that's where I'm going right now. Is that plain and simple? You make adjustments at the halftime as to what defenses are doing against you. And the inability to come out and score points, you know, I think coming out of the half is is a major problem in regard to your offense, you know, and your coordinators and, and what they're doing. I mean, if you see 11 guys in the box, you know, come out of the second half and instead of handing a ball off and running Gaskin right up the middle, which you did to start the game, 
you know, come out and throw a bomb down the field. You know, much like when we talked with Alex and Scott the other night, Alex said it, it'd be a great thing to do, you know, to come out and surprise somebody and stretch the defense. And, you know, it's much of the same, you know, and we had three points at halftime. So, you know, the offense obviously moved the football quite well, but could not finish drives. I mean, four times we, we took the ball into into Buffalo territory, and we had a total of three points at half, including, you know, right before the half, just a debauchery of, you know, play calling and, and guys oh, being they, not they lined up. themselves in the foot countless times. Oh, it's just, you know, the, the penalties and, you know, the inability to – you know, to have guys lined up in the proper spot, you know, when plays are called on big third downs, when, you know, you've got an opportunity to take control of the game and take some momentum into the half. And, you know, you you just, you know, sometimes you got, I say this all the time, sometimes you got to give the other team credit. But when you snap a ball while a tight end is in motion behind center and Gusecki's trying to, you know, get people lined up correctly, it, it, it tells you that these guys just are, you know, they're, they're just not there. There's a disconnection. Um, well, you know, what, what happened there, Lou, is, I, you know, Robert Hunt uh, taps the center on the leg when he feels they're ready to snap. And uh, that's what happened, you know, because they're using the silent count, uh, you know, because of the crowd noise. So Robert Hunt hit him on the leg and he snapped the ball and, then, you know, hit <laughs> Kosicki right in the numbers. So, but, but that's 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 the that's the that's the finalization of yep. the play, Mike. I'm talking about everything that took place prior to that. Well, we can talk about that because I think to do that, you you, you got to ask yourself who's running the offense, right? Yeah, and you know that's that's the problem right there in a nutshell. Um, you know, we can uh, we can start. Well, you know, let, let's just. You know, let let's just talk about the game a little bit, and then we'll get into the um, into the negatives and and you know our thoughts on specific players in general. How's that? Is that okay? Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, you know, we we come out we come out of the gate. You know, in the first quarter, we throw a deep ball, which is something we never do down the sideline. Not a great pass, but Parker makes the adjustment. And uh, makes a really nice play over the corner, who was right there and in position. But Parker skied over him, and he made a great catch. And um, they're moving the football, and we're looking pretty good. We're doing exactly what we need to do against this Buffalo team. You know, I talked about this in the preview in regard to shortening the game and somehow, some kind of way, being able to possess the football and keep the football out of Buffalo's hands. Now, this is after we, the Bills went three and out on their first possession. So we're looking pretty good. You know, we come out, we put a nice drive together, um, you know, we, we, and then we struggle. We bog down, you know, Tua didn't recognize something on third down, and, um, you know, our drive fails, and then, of course, Sanders misses a field goal. So we come away with a probably, what, a five, six-minute drive, Gaskin's running the ball well. The offensive line is blocking well. They're actually moving the football at a nice pace, and they're keeping Buffalo's offense off the field. So they're doing everything they're supposed to do as an offense and what I felt they needed to do, and they come away with zero points because we miss a field goal. 
you know, through the first quarter, Mike, they did a great job of shutting Buffalo down. I mean, their biggest play, probably their biggest play of the game, was Josh Allen's 40-yard yes, run on a broken no play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was it. I mean, you know, you take away. I mean, we can even go into the second quarter, and it's much of the same. That was their biggest play of the game up to that, up to halftime. It was the 40-yard broken play, Josh Allen run. Other than that, you know, that set up a field goal for them. Of course, their guy kicks a 51-yarder through. You know, we miss a 30-something-yarder, and he kicks a 51-yarder right down the middle. And uh, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Can we just do anything right? You know, um, right before the half, you know, we, we we get an opportunity. Buffalo's making mistakes, Mike, during the course of this game that they don't normally make. You know, there are a lot of penalties, a lot of different things going on, and they're giving us opportunities that we're not taking advantage of. And over and over again, we continue to fail on third downs when we have third and Third and fours, third and twos, third and fives. I mean, these are makeable third downs that teams all over the NFL do, winning teams. And we're just not getting it done. So we bog down four possessions into their territory in the first half, including the debacle, as we talked about a little bit, right before the half going in, where we had an opportunity to go in for a touchdown or field goal and lead at the halftime. And um, four possessions, and we have a total of three points going into the half. And uh, the defense continued to play well all through the first half. I felt the corners were doing a great job doing exactly what they needed to do. They were locked down on two really good receivers, Sanders and and Diggs. And my goodness, they came out of the half, those two guys, with next to nothing. I mean, if you tell me that Beasley's going to you know, be the guy that kill you, then so be it, you know, because they're working – the Dolphin defense is making them work for every single yard that you know that they're getting in this football game. And going into the half, you know, you felt the defense was in a good spot, right? You know, you're feeling confident. But in the offense, you're you're thinking, my goodness, you know, we could literally be up in this game by at least ten points, if not fourteen points going into the yeah, half. I believe you know? we had that discussion at halftime. We did. I mean, if Sanders kicks that field goal through, we're up by we're up by at least three, right? If we don't screw up right before the half, we've got at least another three, if not another seven. And then we had another possession in their territory too, where we just penalties and just you know bad plays just took us out of field goal range. I don't even think we attempted a field goal on that other drive. But the point is, is that you know you're making mistakes. Um, you know, it's it's much of the same. You know, and, uh, you know, without going into individual play, which, you know, we'll discuss, you know, after we, we get through this football game, the summary of the football game, you know, you're feeling decent at half. You're like, my goodness, you know, we, me and you both predicted a much different outcome. And you're going into the half 3-3 and you're saying, well, we're in pretty good shape. It's football season, baby. And you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time you joined the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code FINFANS at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. The world is starting to open, and the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is here to help you get ready. 
Inside, you'll find the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts performance boxer briefs and the shed travel bag. The performance package 4.0 for Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn on a 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Rain, snow, or sleet are no match for the waterproof power of the 4.0. There's no 15 yard penalty for this clipping. The package also comes with the Weed Whacker. This elite nose and ear hair trimmer is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This trimmer also has proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After trimming your footballs, show them some love with Manscaped Liquid Formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are here to take your ball game to the next level. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FINFANS at manscaped.com. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code FINFANS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FINFANS. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. Second half, Buffalo goes down the field, and they score a touchdown in the third quarter, and me and you were talking on the phone, and we're thinking that the game's over at that point. And, um, you know, when that happens, when you're watching a football game and, and you've got that mindset, it, it's, it's a very frustrating thing as a fan. Because you can't overcome a touchdown deficit in a game where your defense is playing well. And that was both of our feelings at that point, right? I mean, when we were talking, yep. I mean, you know, we we both felt I – mean, I called you and you said, yep, game over. <laughs> and we, yep. you know, we kind of laughed it off and stuff. But, you know, in, in all seriousness, that's the way we felt. You know, the, the offense just wasn't doing much. They had opportunities, just couldn't get on, you know, the same page in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, the fourth quarter comes about and, um, you know, it's much of the same. You know, we don't open up. Josh Allen goes down the field. He hits Diggs on a 19-yard touchdown, and now we're down 16 to three, 17-3 after the extra point. And now we're like, forget it. This game's plain and simply done. We got a whole fourth quarter, and we don't feel we have a chance. Um, you know, we then open up the offense, Mike. Ten plays, 69 yards in three minutes, a little bit over three minutes. We drive right down the field on their defense. We opened it up a little bit. We picked up the pace a little bit. I felt that that was something that we really should have done at a few points during the course of the first half. You know, they, you don't have to do a full drive that way. But 
when we got into their territory, I felt that they could have maybe went to the hurry up and, and, you know, shook them up a little bit, had them scrambling, you know, and instead, you know, we stood with that, you know, that same offense and whatnot and Buffalo made some adjustments. We did not make any kind of adjustments to is not recognizing certain things at the line of scrimmage and our drives continue to fail. So we open it up. When we're down by two touchdowns, we drive down the field, we score, we then get the two-point conversion, and now we're right back in the game. But then they drive 14 plays, 69 yards, six minutes off the clock, and they kick a field goal. And at that point, the game is over. You know, you're down 20 to 11. You're down by two scores. I think two of them through an interception shortly thereafter, they go back in for another score. And that's, that's that your ball game is over. But, um, you know, overall, you know, just to, you know, just to finalize the summary on, on the game itself. So I felt the defense, you know, minus Baker, who's supposed to be our best linebacker and McCourty, uh, in the secondary, I felt that the defense did a really, really good job. I mean, don't you feel the same way? I mean, they, they did more than enough to win this football game. Yeah. I was pleased with the defensive effort until late in the game. Right. I mean, you know, eventually Buffalo is going to break you down, right? You know, they, they made some adjustments, you know, we were blitzing quite a bit. I, I thought the defensive game plan was very smart. They kept blitzing, Josh Allen and rushing him and um, they didn't give him a lot of opportunities to run the football Uh, you know late in the game Mike you know as you mentioned they started running some you know designed runs actually Um, you know he wound up having eight runs eight carries for like 55 yards and you know he had as I mentioned that 40 yard run in the first half so you take that out of the equation and he had seven runs for 15 yards yeah, not a they, bad they job. They held him pretty well. They held him Absolutely. pretty well. Absolutely. I mean, not a bad job at all. I mean, he averaged two yards a carry minus that one in the first half. Yeah. So, you know, pretty damn good um, on him. You know, as far as their other running backs, um, Singletary averaged four yards a carry, but he only had 28 yards, and he had a 13-yard run mixed in there. I know he had one decent run late in the game. Zach Moss, right? you know, eight carries for 19 yards. That's less than three yards a carry. That's about two and a half yards, less than two and a half yards a carry. They did a decent job against the run. They just basically lined up in a nickel most of the game. I mean, I thought the defensive game plan was exactly what they needed to do. I was very, very pleased with what they did. Um, On the offensive side, you know, I felt that they did control the clock in the first half. They did a phenomenal job, but they did not finish drives. And, um, you know, we can lead that into the reasons why, Mike. I'm going to let you talk about your thoughts in regard to, you know, why we weren't able to finish drives and why we weren't able to put points when we were actually moving the football pretty well. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's a multitude of reasons. Number one, you know, we talk about it every week, but the the play calling is just not – what you'd like it to be. They're very, very vanilla. Yep. And uh, that makes it easy for the defense to key on you. There's not a lot of deception. There's not a lot of motion. And when there is motion, you saw what happened. Right. To me, it, it's very concerning, you know, because 
at this point in the season, you shouldn't be having players not knowing where to line up. And if, if that does happen, which occasionally it might, uh, then the quarterback has got to be the one to take charge there and get him where he needs to be. Gusecki shouldn't even have to deal with that. Right. Um, so that's my feelings on that. And, you know, people are going to, you know, think I'm being unfair to Tua. He's the field general. That's his job. His job is to get everybody where they're supposed to be and call an effective play or, you know, run an effective play. You're taking the call from his headset. Right. He's just got to be more aware. And if somebody is having a problem, he's either got to fix it immediately or call a timeout. But you can't be running plays when people aren't ready. And uh, Waddle wasn't ready. Gusecki wasn't ready. And, uh, you know, it ended up being a disaster. <laughs> so, you know, the, the offense just wasn't smooth. And, uh, you know, what did they score, Lou? 11 points all game? Right. That doesn't get it done. Yeah. Doesn't get it done against anybody. Not at all. Absolutely not. And, I mean, this is a constant problem. You know, you're, you're playing a really good football team on both sides of the football. Um, so, you know, sometimes you have to give – the other team credit. I say this all the time, but yesterday there were opportunities left on the field continually with a little better quarterback play. I felt that this game was winnable at one point or it, the, the score should not have been what it, what it is or what it was um, yesterday. I felt that at this point in Tua's career, if anything, if anything else, he's got to understand what defenses are doing, and what plays are being called on the field and where everybody needs to be positioned. We're eight games into this season. Okay, I know we missed a couple of games, but you know what? Learn from sitting on the sideline. Learn from it. That's not an excuse. You know, you had a whole preseason. I mean, at this point, you've got coordinators and you've got a team that you've been working with for weeks now. Now, this offensive line has been intact basically in the same positions for three weeks now. So you felt that at this point, they should be a little bit more crisp, right? That they, they, they should be more in sync. And I felt the offensive line is getting there. I felt that they were opening up holes for the running backs. The running game was not the issue yesterday. I mean, you know, Gaskin and Ahmed were running the ball decently. I felt, you know, in the first half at least, you know, they they were they were they were averaging four or five yards a carry. They were extending drives. They were doing a decent job. The the pass blocking at times did fail us. Tua got sacked what twice yesterday. Yes. Okay. Um, the first time we played Buffalo, it was an absolute debacle. I mean, they pressured us over and over and over again. I felt yesterday. We left opportunities on the board. You know, Tua at this point needs to understand his own team's offense and the plays being called. And to back up what you said, for Gusecki to sit there in the middle of a play, and he, and it wasn't only once, Mike, it was on a few occasions right. That's to right. where he's recognizing that people are lined up at a position. Flores is on the sideline trying to get a timeout and Tua is just getting ready to get the ball. Now, that's a problem. And I don't care about who, you know, what people feel in regard to Tua. The bottom line is, is that he's not understanding what's going on in front of him. 
He's 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 telling the center to snap the ball regardless of what Buffalo is doing on the opposite side of the field. That's not the way you play quarterback in the NFL. You have to see where they're at. I watched many, many plays yesterday where they had a guy on the outside creep up to the line of scrimmage and Tua was pivoting his head back and forth. No change. No, I don't know if he has the ability to change plays at the line of scrimmage, but if he doesn't, that's a problem in itself because – you don't. Ne- you never want the defense dictating to you what you're going to do on offense, and that seems to be the problem. It doesn't matter how the defense is lined up. We're running the play regardless, and that's not how you do things in the NFL. And that's a problem eight games into the season. Um, you know that I. You know we were told was going to be one or two his strengths coming in. It has not been in the least. Um, we were fortunate in the first half. I mean, Mike, just watch other NFL games, right? Those passes to Parker in the first half, there were three guys around them at times. And and we were just fortunate. I mean, the ball, I mean, to, to his credit, great. He got it in there. But, I mean, were, were those smart passes or were those just fortunate passes? Because when three guys are around the receiver and you're squeezing it in there, I don't know if that's maybe the the, the, the place to go with the football, right? It, it wasn't, and he got lucky, and that's okay. I mean, you know, that's going to happen. Every, every quarterback does that once in a while. They do, but we did it quite a few times on that first drive. Yep. The pass down the sideline was very much underthrown. Parker made a nice adjustment to it and made the play. Okay. We had a third and five situation that, you know, that I want to talk about as well. The one time in the football game that Hollins got uh, targeted, he went in and the two were through the ball on the out. Now, I don't know who's, who's, you know, who, who made the mistake there. I have no idea. But the bottom line is, is that. This happened over and over again. You have a situation where a receiver is doing an in and the quarterback's throwing an out. And he's just throwing the ball, regardless of whether the guy's open or whether the guy's there. If you look to the outside, Mike, on that play, and your receiver's not there, why are you throwing the ball anyway? Regardless of whether it's Holland's fault or not. The ball should not be thrown. You you look there and you're like, oh shit, this guy ran the wrong pattern and you try to do something else. There's three other guys running patterns that you try did to check throw down it, to. Did he throw it before he made his break? I, I have no idea what he did, Mike. Because that's that's possible it, and that would explain Mike, it. they were 20 yards apart between where Hollins was and between where the ball landed, it wasn't even a situation to where you can honestly say that was the case. Now, if he was, you know, if the ball went, you know, if he threw it as soon as he was making his break and he was five yards in the other direction, I can understand that. But the bottom line, what I'm getting to is that there's a disconnection here. People don't yeah. know what the frig they're doing on the football field. On key third down situations, it's a third and five. Nobody's on the same page. Okay? So if your coaches don't know what the hell they're doing, then as a quarterback on the field, take control of the situation. And I don't think that they're giving him the opportunity to do that. And there's a reason behind that. Maybe they don't feel that he's capable of doing it. All I can, or he, or he's ready. Or he's, he may not be I, ready. I have no idea at this point in the season, Mike. 
you know, you're running this offense. I mean, you have to be ready. I mean, how many, they, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, they're running a very vanilla offense. Okay. If you can't grasp what the hell they're doing, then I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, right now, sit them down. Bring Brissett back out. I really don't know what to tell you at this point because he's got to be prepared. Um, you know, they're giving him the opportunities. I mean, I understand maybe the first couple of games of the season being in exactly. this position, but eight games in, you're you're going backwards. You know, these scripted drives. Well, go ahead. You know, he, he's not a rookie, Lou. Right. You know, he played in this offense last year, right. and maybe there were some changes to it when uh, these two coordinators took over, but uh, I think they were trying to keep it similar or the same, so I doubt there was that much change. Um, but the thing is, and what concerns me is, I'm not seeing the improvement from game to game to game in the functioning of the offense, not necessarily the production, but the functioning. Yes, exactly. They they went backwards this week as an offense. I mean, the last couple of, y- y- listen, you got to take into consideration your competition. Now, Tua had two nice, solid games, but they were against some of the worst defenses in the NFL. And we still didn't win those football games. It, we're still not making enough right. enough plays to win football games. Um, you know, we should when we're playing defenses like that. Because to me, you know, I feel like we do have some playmakers. You know, I think Parker. You know, he's been out, so it's hurt us. But Kasicki, um, you know, targeted four times the whole game. You know, one of his passes was a forty-yard completion down the field, and that was great because Tua actually stepped up in the pocket and threw the ball down the field. And that's what I feel a quarterback should do at least a few times a game. Gasecki has the ability to get separation down the field if you just move around a little bit and create, you know, a little bit, a little bit, and that's what quarterbacks do all over the NFL. You have to do it more than once a game. That's the bottom line, and um, it's not being done. You know, that was our biggest completion of the game. Waddle, again, four catches, 29 yards. I mean, you know, do the, do the math. Once again, that's seven yards of reception. This is your number one draft pick. Um, seven yards of reception, four catches, 29 yards. Same thing week in and week out. No balls down the field. That's what you'd expect from a running back, not not a wide receiver. Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. Gaskins had three catches for 19 yards. Very comparable, right? Layered one yep. catch for 10 yards. I mean, 10 yards. Yep. I mean, you know, Shahan, one catch for eight yards. I mean, we have tight ends and running backs catching the ball at the same average. I mean, what is going on here? I mean, I don't have the answers to it. All I could tell you is, is that something is wrong, plain and simple. And it, it's a, we're halfway through the year, and you know we're going to see more of this. We're going to play some better teams, some worse teams going forward. Um, and right now, you know, the offense, we, I have no confidence in Tua nor the offense in the least. The coordinators, you know, the, the whole kip and caboodle right now. Um, you know, you have to have when – you, when you see what's going on on the field, Mike, you have to have concerns in regard to Tua. And I know there's a lot of Tua fans out there that, that feel that he's capable, but he has attributes physically – that he has to 
understand what's going on in front of him for right. him to be successful. He's not Josh Allen. Now, Lewis, we're talking about leaders, okay? Yes. And uh, the quarterback has to be the leader of the offense, and, and Flores has to be the leader of the team. Yep. And uh, below Flores, he has a passing game coordinator in Godsey. Right. Under Godsey, you've got Charlie Fry. Right. Now, he needs to go to one of those two people and say, look, this quarterback is not where I need him to be. Right. Coach him up. Mm-hmm. You know, make flashcards out of the playbook. I don't care what you do. Just get him up to speed. He, he has to understand what plays are being called out there. Right. Of course. He has to take control in the huddle. To Mike, when I watch him, I see him going out there and I see him calling the play, going to the line of scrimmage, snapping the ball, running the play that's called, and that's it. There's no adjustments. Well, that, that may be all he's given permission to do. We don't know. But that's know. a problem in itself. Don't you agree? Well, it, uh, I, I think it could be. I mean, he's got to have you know outlets like we've talked about. And you know, blitz checkoffs. You know, so he doesn't get doesn't get hammered. Uh, you know, but aside from that, I don't know that he's ready to be calling his own plays and and making audibles and all that. I'm just not sure he's ready for that. And the only reason I say that is because of the problems he is having in the offense. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's at his best, Mike, where he just takes a three step drop. Yep, and the first read, and the there. first Boom. read, and he throws it. And as I mentioned, there's times where there's three guys around the receiver, and he's still going in that direction. You know, yep. the interception. Maybe, maybe he felt pressure. Maybe he felt the need to let go of that ball quickly. Yep. The interception was a horrible read, and and I know that the game was, you know, probably out of reach at that point. But you know, you don't want to see that. Regardless, he just threw a ball down the middle of the field. You know, the guy was right there. It was an easy pick yep. and end and, and the story. And maybe that's why we don't see balls being thrown down the field by him because he just doesn't do a good job of reading, you know, in depth down the field that far. You know, he's kind of like just everything's short. And, um, you know, when you're reading a defense, Lou, you know, they, they go through their progressions. But, you know, in dissecting the defense, before you ever get to your route combinations and all that, you got to see what the safeties right. are. Right. You got to understand where that's they're the at. First, that's the first thing you do. Right. You look at. And then, go ahead. and then you go through your reads. Listen, you look at the better quarterbacks in the league and um, how they understand what is taking place in front of them. Um, you know, some of the best in the game, you know, Tom Brady. I mean, he knows exactly. And, and you know what? Quarterbacks are not going to have great days every week. Sometimes you got to give the defense credit on the right. opposite side. But when you're leaving opportunities on the field because of the lack of understanding what, what's taking place in front of you or the play that your offensive coordinator just called for you, that's a problem. Period. You know, that's what a head coach has to do. He has to determine, you know, when he sees the film, was it us or was it them? Right. 
And Buffalo did nothing, Mike, as far as I'm concerned. When you're throwing a five-yard – you've got a third and five and you're throwing the ball out when a receiver's going in, or you're snapping a ball and it's hitting the tight end as he's crossing right. That's behind us. you. That has nothing to do and with Gusecki's them. Gusecki's right. in the middle of a play as, as the, you know, the, uh, the time clock's winding down and he's trying to get everybody in the right position, probably on a play that was him in isolation going from right to left to where he was just going to go into the flat and they were going to throw the ball to him. You know, these are all problems. And for, for, for Dolphin fans out there to just dismiss this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, it, this is the NFL. We look like a, div- yeah. a Division three college football team playing a Division one college, you know, college football teams. We, we don't even look on the same page. These type of mistakes are just ridiculous at this point in the season. These are high school. I mean, mistakes. maybe week one, right? You know, maybe you see these type yeah, of things yeah. in week one, well, not yeah, in week because eight, of, because of the limited practices right. in in uh, camp. Yeah, okay, maybe you're gonna be, maybe you're gonna need a couple of right. weeks, okay? But you're not gonna need eight games, not if you're doing your part. Exactly, and and you know what, Mike? If the team as a whole played a piss poor game, you know, we, we'd probably just overlook the deficiencies a little bit more. I mean, we wouldn't ignore them, but what, what we'd probably overlook it a lot more. But when you have half of a football team, minus your best linebacker, playing one of their best games of the season, and your offense playing the way they did, the differential between the two was like night and day. So you got half your team playing at a very high level against a, one of the best offenses in football, and you've got your offense doing what they did, there, there's a problem. There's a problem. Well, I tend to think that this coaching staff, because of their defense, tends to be very vanilla and simple on offense. I think they're just trying to get to the fourth quarter in a close game. You know what I right. mean? And, uh, and I don't like that. I, I want an aggressive offense that, that does push the ball down the field, and we're not seeing that. Well, that formula, Mike – and you, you're probably right in regard to what they're attempting to do. Unfortunately, the defense hasn't played well in a lot of right, these games. Exactly. But that formula for lack of aggressiveness in today's NFL is going to get you to a one and seven record, even against bad teams. So, you know, as you as you go through this season and you continue to do what you're doing you know you're going to have the same results when it's all said and done and um you're not accomplishing an awful lot so you know i think you know you hate to make moves during the course of an nfl season but you know as far as i'm concerned mike um on the offensive side the coordinators after the mistakes that were made i mean Honestly, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if it's the coaches. I don't know if it's Tua. I have no idea. But there's too many mistakes being made on the offensive side on a continual basis. Um, I don't think there's much you can do about that in season if you're talking about replacing the coaches. Well, they have three, Mike. Maybe you get rid of two out of the three. I don't know what the situation (laughs) is. All I can tell you is it's not working. It's that simple. Yeah, I know. I, that, but you, you correct that at the end of the season. They, what, what they have to do now is is make it better to get them to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
like the coach says, I've got to go through the film and then make decisions and all that. And that's what he needs to do. I mean, he knows what's going on. You know, he's watching the same football game we are. Right. And, so, and nothing's changing. Right. That's that's the thing. And, and he's he's got to make something happen. I said it before. I, you know, listen, I, I'm not a firm believer in, in firing people, you know, halfway through a season, Mike. But in all honesty, I think that if you want to go forward and if you want to see a second half of the season where maybe two is, you know, um, whatever you call it, going to going to get better. We're going to see better things out of him and not have all these question marks. I personally feel that you have to make, you got a half a season left. You've got nine games left in this season. At this point, I, I wouldn't have any problem with the court offensive coordinators being fired. I just wouldn't. Um, I think that it, it'd be, you know, you get a jump start on it, call it a day, you know, just, you know, make Charlie Fry the main guy. If that's the case, see if anything changes because, Eight games into the season, it's much of the same week in and week out. You know, it's 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 yeah. a little bit better from week to week depending on the competition that you're playing against, the defenses that you're playing against. But for the most part, it's 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 basically the same issues. It's too simple. The offense is just too plain and right. simple. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Yep. Uh, you don't see much motion. You don't see much uh, gimmickry or. or um, they don't set anything up. I mean, you know, you, you run a play and you run a play for a reason. You run the play to set up plays after it. And that's what we're not seeing. We're not seeing these coaches. You use the term creative, and I think that works fine. Uh, we don't see the creativity in play calling that we should be seeing from a professional football team. NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. The Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you uh, empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets if they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Lou. So t tell me about the offensive line. They're going to get most of the blame which they always do. And, you know, most of the time it's, you know, it, it, it they're, <laughs> they do deserve it's it. Right. right. It's you know, but, um, you know, and it, yesterday was, you know, pretty much, much of the same. I mean, this is a great defense. It really is. I mean, they're, they're one of the better defenses in the NFL. As a matter of fact, I think they were number one, right? We yeah, talked I about so. that on the preview mm -hmm. show coming in. So you knew you were going to have some issues, but overall, you know, they were able to move the football on this team and control the clock. With that being said, 
you know, the grade grade wise, Hunt graded out at eighty point five, which may be the highest grade one of our offensive linemen has had all year. I think so. Um, you know, the the negatives, you know, I mean, our center graded out at sixty two. Austin Jackson, believe it or not, graded out at sixty three and gave up no pressures whatsoever. Say that, say that again. Austin Jackson graded out at sixty three, which is okay. It's meh. Yeah. It's it's average. But no pressures. Now that's awesome. Who the hell knows who he was going up against, Mike, right? It could have been their worst defensive line. I don't care. I and for don't. him to give up no pressures is a huge right. step forward. Exactly. <laughs> right. No doubt about it. But the tackles, Eichenberg, six pressures, Jesse Davis, who I talk about every week, not a fan at all. And he's your starting right tackle. Eight pressures. His grade, 44.3. Eichenberg, not bad. I mean, 59.1. Jesse Davis was just absolutely horrible um, yesterday. It seems like he's getting worse by the week. Eight pressures. He's never been good, in my opinion. I mean, I think – I don't know why, but I – I've said it from preseason and I'll say it again. I feel that, you know, maybe Hunt should be our right tackle and maybe move him inside. You have said that, yes. And um, you know, again, I don't I don't know why they don't at least attempt it. They've made so many moves. Um to me, Jesse Davis never grades out well, week in and week out. He's usually him and Austin. Look look at Hunt's grade. Do you do you he's improving at guard. Do you want to you know move Davis back there and put him at tackle and maybe you get less out of both positions. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, that's, that's a coaching decision, but I mean, it's, you know, he's failing us at that right tackle position. I agree. Um, You know, I felt that there were opportunities, you know, the offensive line always gets the grunt of it, but as you watch the game with the naked eye, and I say this all the time. Well, Lou, two threw the ball how many times? He threw the ball 39 times yesterday. And how many pressures were there? Um, there were a total of like 17. Okay, so that's less than half the time. Right. So that you can live with that. Yes. You don't you want can. to. You want to have no pressures, but you can live with that. Exactly. He was only sacked twice. How many times was he hit? Do we know? Um, I don't. I don't have that in front of okay. me as far right. as the hits on him. But, you know, compared to what we've seen in in past games this season, um, I didn't see him getting hit a ton of times. I mean, a few times here and there and sacked twice. Pressures, you know, as we mentioned. But, Mike, this is the NFL. Every quarterback goes through this. I mean, we've no, talked about yep, it. Yep, absolutely. Mean, Mac Jones in week one, we had 15 pressures on him. And he completed a decent amount of those. You have to make plays. You, you can't expect your offensive line to not get beat. Now, somewhere across the board, somebody's going to get he beat. He was hit four times, Lewis. Four times. 39 okay. pass attempts, right. four times. He was I hit mean, four times. So that tells you all you need to know. It was not a bad day by the offensive line. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Watching the game, they left opportunities on the field. The last week, it was the same thing. They they left opportunities on the field. The bottom line is is that, you know, uh, he's, you know the check down, so on and so forth, you know, the, the – 
you know, attempting to force balls down the field. Well, you're forcing balls 10 yards down the field. Force the balls 15, 20, 30 yards down the field. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you know, you don't hand me your crap, which this was a comment that he made in regard to um, why balls are – he was asked a question as to why balls aren't being thrown 20 yards down the field. He said, well, he looks at the defense – and he doesn't want to force anything down the field if he doesn't like what they're doing. But yet, he will force balls down the field within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, which is where everybody on the defensive side that plays against us is set up and looking for. Of it course. Does, that logic makes no sense whatsoever. You can't win football games throwing 39 passes, and the majority of them, and I mean the major majority of them, being within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. So, you know, one and seven, we continue to do the things we do. He continues to do the things he does. You know, adjustments have to be made in his game, period. You have to attempt balls down the field. Listen, Mike, how many balls did we throw down the field yesterday, in your opinion? Three. Three. How many did we complete? Two. Exactly. Bingo. I think you're right on the mark. I am because I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. You lucky. Yeah. Well, you cheating bastard. You listen, <laughs> they, they, um, he threw two balls down the field, one to Parker, where the guy was all over him, but yet he threw the ball up. Parker made the play. And it was one of our bigger plays of the game. I think it was 23-yard completion. Um, later on, he threw the ball deep to Gasecki. You know, three quarters later. <laughs> and I don't know how many drives later. He throws the ball down the field, completed to Gasecki. Our biggest play of the game, 40-yard completion. You got to do it. You've got to create. If you're getting pressured, you've got to step up in the pocket, move around, do a little shake and bake, and then guys will open up down the field. Why are guys going to open up down the field? Because defenses have all their players sitting on short routes, which means once you get behind those guys, there are opportunities to be made. We're just not doing it. It's that simple. End of story. All right. I mean, 8, 16, 18, and eight is 26. So 26 of his passes were inside of 10 yards. It's crazy. 26. 26 of his passes were inside of 10 yards. 26 of his 39, which yep. left 13 Right. that were 10 yards. Now, from 10 to 15 yards, he had seven attempts. Wow. That's pretty and much... And he, com he completed two. Wow. So... Does he lack the confidence in throwing the ball that far down the field? That's where I feel this is going right now. I mean, because yeah. maybe it's a, it, it's the inability to read defenses, and on top of that, his inability to complete passes down the field. I'm like, I listen. He completed 21 passes yesterday, right? Okay, and the majority of those are within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Me and you could friggin' do that. I don't want that. I just don't. You know, I know there's a, I, I keep saying this. I know there's a ton of people that back this guy up, but I'm telling you, and I'll say it over and over again, his game plan, even the last couple of weeks against lesser competition was much of the same. 
You know, is he capable of making plays to an extent? Absolutely. But guys, this is what he is. This is what he is. Can he get a little better? Yes. Can he get much better? I don't see it. I see him being an average quarterback at best in the NFL. I'll tell you right now, he needs a better offensive coordinator. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll give you that, Mike. I'll give you that. But we're on our second, right? We're yes. on our second. Yes. We had Gailey here had last Gailey, year. Right. We blamed him. <laughs> Too conservative. Too conservative. Maybe these young guys will have a, 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 a fresh mind set. Right. Right? Exactly what we said. Listen, this is all I can tell all you Tua fans out there. Okay, I'm going to make this plain and simple. And I don't care what your thought process is. It doesn't make any difference to me about experience, so on and so forth. We watched an offense do pretty damn good under Fitzpatrick. The same players, the same offensive line, the same offensive coordinator. It was a much better offense when Fitzpatrick was running the show. Tua came in, the offense went in the opposite direction, okay? This year, you have new coordinators. We're going to blame the offensive line again. We're going to blame the coordinators. The common denominator here is your quarterback, okay? Now, could a different offensive coordinator help? I don't know because I I don't know what they're seeing in practice. Maybe they're seeing the same things that, Tua is seeing in regard to attempting to throw balls down the field because I can assure you that not every route that we're running is within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. I can tell you that. There's got to be guys doing different patterns. Of course. You know, you know there's got to be different plays being called, and he's just basically settling on that. Every quarterback in the league deals with pressure. Every quarterback in the league has had success in regard to those situations. Tua has to do a lot more of what he did on that play to Gusecki. When there is pressure and you step up, you move around in the pocket, and you can't do it when you're two touchdowns down in a game. You got to do it early in the game. You got to do it earlier. Yep. I mean, we see the best out of him, Mike, when we're two touchdowns down. And what do defenses well, that, do? They loosen they up a little off, bit. Right. right. They back off. I mean, you know, listen, it's the same pattern over and over and over again. Now, we've got. The Texans, you know, we'll do the preview show on Wednesday. You know, let's see how he fares. Uh, you know, I, I hate picking on the guy. I but, want him to do well, and I wish they would help him. I mean, I really do believe he needs help. But the question is, Mike, are they are they giving him the opportunities and he's just not attempting those opportunities? That's where the big question lies. Well, that, we don't know, know that. that right? We don't know that because nobody's going to talk. But I do know this, Lewis. I know he's not fully comprehending the offense this i know that's the biggest problem right he needs help in a nutshell somebody to help him scratch the offensive line situation scratch the offensive coordinator situation when you're on the field playing in a football game and your guys aren't lined up correctly as you mentioned earlier mike it's your job to take care of that. It's your job to recognize that, saying, wait a minute, I'm throwing the ball to Gusecki in the flat after he goes in motion. Why is Waddell not lined up where he's supposed to be? He's got to recognize that, not our friggin' tight end. Well, you know, I'm going to go back to Marino a second, okay? What Don Chula did with Marino is in training camp, he said, you know what, Dan? You're going to call the plays. Yep. And the reason he did that was so Dan would have to learn them. Right. 
Couldn't call him if he didn't know him, right? Right. So he had to learn them. Well, Tua has not been forced to learn it, and he needs help, obviously, because he doesn't know it as well as he should, or we'd be seeing some longer passes. We'd be seeing him seeing when somebody is in a bad spot quickly. Yeah. And we're yep. not seeing that, you know. No. Uh, so, you know, look, you know, he's a young quarterback. There's going to be mistakes. We all know that. But he has some responsibility, too, and he's got to live up to his responsibility. And one of those responsibilities is knowing as much of that offense as possible. Yep. So, you know, when they when they go over the game plan and they say, okay, here's the 20 plays we're going to run over and over, he's got to know those 20 plays. And if he doesn't, if he's not sure about anything, he's got to get help. Simple as that. Exactly. Like, there's, there's 20 plays where, you know, we did, and we did do that. You know, the, the, the slants to Parker, you know, the right. plays to Parker, the runs inside the Gaskin. They, they, were, they were executing those plays pretty well, and they were able to move the football. Correct. Okay? It do, now, those are scripted plays. Those are plays that are mixed, that, that are in there, that you're practicing all year, right? Yep. When, when certain things bog down, your quarterback has to adjust to those things, right? Because the defense is going to adjust to those, right? Parker, right. me and you talked during the game. Parker, they made adjustments. They put a fourth guy on him because there were throws where there were three guys <laughs> draped yep. all over him, yep. and he and he forced the ball in there, right? But so yeah, what they're saying is too, he ain't throwing here, right? You're not. We're taking Parker out of the game. So guess what? Now you've got to go elsewhere, okay? And we didn't do it. We had makeable third downs over and over again yesterday. Your quarterback has to be able to convert those plays, not just run the play called, look at one receiver, throw to that receiver, whether he's covered or not, and and, and the ball falls incomplete. It's ridiculous. You can't do that as a quarterback in the NFL. You're, you're a season and a half into your career. You have to start making those plays. And there's other breakdowns. There's no question about it. But, Mike, you know, when we have a penalty, you know, the false starts, the, the guys lining up. Yeah, wrong. I want to see him getting in somebody's ass. You're, you're, well, not only that, but when you're in first and 15, we're like, we're done. You can't have that mentality as a fan we're thinking first oh holding penalty it's first and 20 well we're punting in two downs three <laughs> downs you can't have you have to have a quarterback and an offense with the ability to pick up those first downs get eight yards throw an eight yard out on first down look the field over the defense is going to take it to you right on first and 20 they're going to blitz you possibly. So hit a pass, throw a screen pass, do something, get a bubble screen, set something up. If you see a defensive, a defensive line in a certain way, go to the line of scrimmage and call an audible. Something is not right here. How did that rookie for, uh, not rookie, but third string QB do for Dallas last Jesus night? Jesus criminy. I mean, we see it all over the end. Mike, they lost their best offensive lineman. We can't have these excuses over and over again, week in and week out, to where, oh, it's the offensive. Dallas lost their best offensive lineman in that football game. They were on the road in Minnesota. Minnesota's got a nice football team. they got a good defense. They've got a lot of players on offense. They had 
a quarterback who had three pass attempts in the NFL make enough plays in that game to win the football game for them. People, stop with the excuses. There comes a point where you have to man up. End the story. That's it. That is it. And so, let's, let's you know. Lewis, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back on Wednesday. I'm getting... I'm getting pissed. Man. I know you're getting you're getting fired up. I'm getting fired up. I mean, you know, our defense played a great game yesterday. Our cornerbacks, you know, I felt did a great job. I mean, I I just don't want to end on a negative note. You know, I thought that you know Byron Jones. I mean, come game. on, zero catches for Emmanuel Sanders. Zero, my hero. Okay, <laughs> X Man. Diggs, forty yards receiving. I mean, he did give up the one touchdown late in the game, but. You know, we'll take 40 yards to him all day. Need him? You know, listen, we knew this was going to probably be the mismatch, but 10 catches for 110 yards, so he averaged 11 yards a catch. We'll take that, right? They had to fight for everything they got yesterday. We already talked about, you know, how, how well the uh, the run defense played, minus, you know, some, you know, minus Baker. So, you know, maybe we have something there too, by the way, Mike. Maybe we have a better linebacker playing than the guy that they, you know, that they handed a nice (laughs) contract to. I don't know. But all I can tell you is is that overall, the secondary played a very solid football game. They kept us in it for three quarters. That's all you can ask when you're going against one of the best offenses in football. So, you know, that's a positive. You got to score more than 11 points. I don't care who you're playing. Of course you do. Absolutely. End the story. Yep. All right. You're back to negative, Mike. I wanted to end it on positive. Positive <laughs> is we come back Wednesday and we get to play the Houston Texans next week. Whoa. All right. So we'll, we'll find out who's better. Right. We'll <laughs> find out if Deshaun Watson's a Dolphin or a Texan by then too, right? Trade deadlines. Yeah, I have a feeling they're not going to do it. No, we'll, I, we'll, let's you know, hope not. We'll see. Yep. You got anyway, it. All right. All right. I will uh, – Thank you for uh, joining me, and uh, thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back Wednesday with that preview. Until then, fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. Fins up. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans Podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network and the pigskin podcast network check out these sites guys there's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy all right until next time be well and take care